This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something. Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. My name is Shalinda Kirby, and I'll be your host. On this episode, I'm going to be sharing a bit of my story and how I became involved with Crime Stoppers. I was 16 years old when I walked into my local radio station in Drayton Valley, Alberta, 145 kilometers outside of Edmonton, a town consisting of only 7,000 people, most of whom work in the oil and gas industry. My high school had a work experience program where you could earn credits for the hours that you worked at an approved place of business. And a lot of my fellow classmates chose to use, you know, hours at their pre-existing jobs. But I used the opportunity to gain experience in an industry that I had grown to love since I was young. There was always something comforting about listening to the radio. I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s when the radio meant hearing a song for the very first time. Something that's hard to believe nowadays with the access that we have to new music immediately after it drops online. I spent hours in my bedroom listening to the banter and recording my favorite songs from the radio to a cassette tape. And then I worked up the courage to call into one of my favorite stations out of Edmonton and request a song. Hearing my voice play back over the stereo speakers was something that I will never forget. And from that day on, I knew that I wanted to be on the radio. When I walked into my local station and explained my goal, the program director was kind enough to give me a shot. He certainly didn't put me behind a mic right away, but I had to work up to that. I would sit in with the announcers during their shows and observe, write newscasts, shred paper, make coffee, edit audio, attend community events, and my favorite task every Tuesday, attend court to take notes. There I sat in a room learning about the justice system. I'll be honest, in a small town like that, there was not very much excitement happening at the courthouse, but I found reporting on crime fascinating. Once I reached grade 12, I was still participating in the work experience program, accumulating hours at the radio station. The program director put a newspaper in front of me one day and asked me to record myself reading it. Well, I took a few takes, but eventually I was able to put something together for him to listen to. And to this day, I am forever thankful that that man saw something in me worth putting on the air. He gave me an actual job, a paid job to add to my already busy high school schedule, but I didn't care. This was my dream. I would come in on the weekends, both Saturday and Sunday, to record a news and sports cast that would run on the radio station. The catch, though is I would have to record it before 6 a.m., which meant getting into the station around 4 a.m. to write, edit, and record. At this time, I was 17 years old, working at a grocery store part-time, so come the weekends, I mean, I would get up, go to the radio station, then get back home around 6 in the morning, sleep for a couple of hours, and then get up and be at customer service at the grocery store for 10 a.m., This would later train me, though, for the career in morning radio that I have now, where I've basically learned to function off of little to no sleep. (laughs) I graduated in 2007 at the age of 18 and moved six hours away to Calgary, where I took a two-year radio broadcasting program at the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, otherwise known as SAIT. 
I didn't even get to finish college before I was offered a job I had applied for while working at a radio station on my practicum in Whitehorse, the Yukon. The job was for afternoons on a station in a small town known for its military base in Alberta called Wainwright. Shortly after moving there, I had the opportunity to move into my first ever morning show position. Not going to lie, I was terrified because I was only 20 years old and was fresh out of college with no co-host to play off of. I also checked off something I had written in my high school yearbook only a couple of years earlier, which to this day stands out to me. I wrote, underneath goals, become a morning show host on the radio. I only stayed in Wainwright for a year before I got a job in another place in Alberta, known for its military base nearby, the small city of Medicine Hat. There, I started out as an afternoon host as well and was given the opportunity to move into co-hosting the morning show shortly after where I remained for seven years. During that time, I wanted to make a difference in the community by volunteering. And because the radio industry can be kind of unpredictable, I wanted to volunteer in something that I had an interest in as well, perhaps as a backup career. And at that time, it was working with the police in some sort of capacity. I reached out to the Medicine Hat Police Service for information regarding volunteer opportunities. And at the time, they were looking for people in victim services. And I felt because of my position in the media, it didn't feel like a good fit. The other option was to volunteer on the board for Crime Stoppers. I, like most people, were familiar with the name Crime Stoppers, but wasn't sure outside of calling a number to report a crime what they actually did. But it sounded intriguing enough to reach out and inquire about. Soon enough, I was voted in as a board member after passing a criminal background check and interview process. In the early days of my involvement with Crime Stoppers, we would hold fundraising events and show up at community events to educate the public about the program. Hand out pens, sunglasses, stickers, all that good stuff. It wasn't until I was voted in as the chair of Medicine Hat Crime Stoppers that I really stepped up my involvement by launching a fundraiser called Jail and Bail where local celebrities, if you will, were arrested all in the name of fun and taken to a jail, which was a makeshift situation where they could use their contacts to raise money for Crime Stoppers and bail themselves out. It was very successful. In fact, by the second year, we had raised over $20,000. And that money goes towards things like tips when you call Crime Stoppers to report a crime that leads to an arrest. It also goes towards educating the public I was part of community barbecues and one particular event that sticks out where I was able to use my advantage of being on the radio and also on the board of Crime Stoppers. While we came up with an initiative for young people to be nominated for the positive things that they do in the city for a chance to win a bike with a helmet through a program called Positive Pedals. Winning entries were read on the morning show at the radio station that I worked at at the time and we called them to reward them with the good news that they were going to be the new owner of a bike. It was a feel-good initiative, if anything, but most importantly, we were educating the younger generation about the Crime Stoppers program. As I mentioned before, I had a career in law enforcement in mind as a fallback if radio didn't work out, which meant that I wanted more than just the experience of sitting on the board of Crime Stoppers. I would go on yearly ride-alongs with the Medicine Hat Police, which were honestly a highlight for me. To see what the men and women behind the badge do on a typical shift was insightful and and brought a lot of respect. Due to the fact that the city was close in proximity to a town called Red Cliff, 
I also did a couple of ride-alongs with the RCMP because on our board, we also had a member representing the RCMP as well. And those were always fun because it gave me a different perspective on policing due to operating differently than city policing. I would also emcee the annual Medicine Hat Police Ball where dignitaries from all over would gather for the evening and there I made very valuable connections that would later come in hand. I was able to attend a Crime Stoppers conference in Vancouver while representing the city of Medicine Hat alongside our police coordinator at the time. And at that particular conference, I found the topic of border security fascinating since the TV show was popular at the time and Vancouver is, of course, a city with a massive border crossing into the U.S. as well as a hub for international postage. Gang activity and organized crime was another focus that I found interesting since I lived in a city of only 65,000 people in comparison to a city of 2.6 million. That information would later come in hand when I moved to Winnipeg. In 2016, I graduated a 10-week program ran by the Medicine Hat Police Service called the Citizens Police Academy. It was a program intended to provide community members the chance to learn about policing and gain awareness through lectures, hands-on learning, and demonstrations. And let me just say, this was one of the coolest things I've ever participated in. I got to learn so much during those 10 weeks. I even got a chance to wear a bomb suit and shoot a taser, which is pretty cool. Shortly after that, I ended up leaving Medicine Hat. After seven years, I felt like I needed a change and had outgrew the morning show I was on. So I applied for jobs all over Canada And that's how I ended up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, a city and province I had never been to before. Most would find packing up their life in the back of an SUV and starting over in a new city intimidating. Not me. I loved it. When I first moved here in 2016, I wanted to continue my work with Crime Stoppers, so I went in search of a way to get in contact with the board. After exchanging a few emails and doing a reference check on me, The chair of Winnipeg Crime Stoppers at the time, Paul Johnson, and co-chair, George Murray, agreed to meet me. I was staying on a co-worker's futon in a downtown apartment until I could find a place of my own. So we met within walking distance at the Pony Corral, which is unfortunately no longer there. We hit it off, though, and they were excited to have somebody with a new perspective, somebody younger and experienced as well, to join. I was voted in as an official Winnipeg Crime Stoppers board member, shortly after. It's been almost seven years since I joined the amazing group of people that volunteer time out of their own busy schedules to meet once a month and help make the city that we live in a little safer. We don't get paid. We do it because we truly want to make a difference. In that time, we have raised money through fundraising and participated in many community events. Something that I'm most proud of in terms of being a part of Winnipeg Crime Stoppers is growing the awareness to a new platform. When I first moved to Winnipeg and was looking for contact information on Crime Stoppers, I noticed the board didn't have a social media presence, and that has since changed and continues to grow. I'm thankful this position has given me the chance to meet a lot of great people and spread the word about the work that Crime Stoppers does. It goes beyond just seeing the sticker on the back of a police car or the logo on the news. I'm also proud of launching this podcast and being able to use my experience behind the mic to bring a voice to the program allowing other voices in the community a platform to share as well. Crime Stoppers is a program I'm passionate about because I think it's important to look out for each other and help make the world a little bit better. 
If you're interested in joining the board and making a difference as well, please feel free to reach out. We always have room for new volunteers. My contact info is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find our email address on our website at winnipegcrimestoppers.com. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby. And remember, see something, say something.